Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It's been a quiet and relaxing summer so far, but that's about to change next week as practice gets underway for Jim Harbaugh and his team. Joining me on this week's show will be Anthony Broom, Managing Editor here at Maze and Brew. First, a few of my thoughts to get us rolling today. We don't have to wait much longer before we tee it up on Labor Day weekend against Middle Tennessee State. Practice, as I mentioned, gets underway next week for all of college football, so we'll have more to talk about in the coming weeks. The hype wagon got rolling last week, though, at Big Ten Media Days in Chicago. No one got more publicity than Jim Harbaugh. He had some interesting things to say about the transfer rules and voiced his opinion on many other topics. Joining me next on our game day segment again is Anthony Broom, managing editor at Maze and Brew, here on the Michigan Man, in partnership with that very same Maze and Brew. Here with us on our game day segment this week is Anthony Broom, who is managing editor here at Maze and Brew, and he covers the Minnesota Vikings for 24-7 Sports. A busy guy, so we uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us, Anthony. Of course. Yeah, I wear a lot of different hats, so I'm always glad to come back and put that Michigan hat on, especially you know, with a soft opening kind of to the season with media days last week, ready to kind of jump back into it. Well, yes, as you mentioned, uh, media days last week, Big Ten media days, and they really haven't been around that long. And part of me watching it wonders why they even exist. But it is, in the end, great access to the coaches and players, and it really stokes things up for the season, doesn't it, Anthony? Yeah, it does. Uh, It's not, like I said, it's one of those things where it's not anything that people should put terribly too much stock into. Um, You know, it's just one of those kind of... I've always just kind of considered it one of those, like I said, a soft opening kickoff event. It's where you start seeing the preseason polls, uh, the Cleveland.com poll. You see the um, the preseason all Big Tens and things like that. So um, it's more kind of a gathering of the media to be like, okay, this is where, how we feel about a lot of these different storylines. You're going to hear from coaches. I mean, we know football coaches aren't really going to spill the, the goods on a lot of those things, but, um, you know, it is it is kind of good to see them pop up after a few months of being away because it just kind of reinforces the fact that, hey, we're like, what, four, five, six weeks away from real mm-hmm. actual college football. I know camps will open up, I think, as soon as next week. So it's really just kind of a more of a symbolic thing, like I said, a soft opening, so to speak. So. You know, we're we're almost out of the uh, the abyss, if you will, with with football on the way. That's true. Uh, you know, the media jumps on uh, everything uh, that comes out at uh, media days, and I guess the thing people were talking about last week, especially down in Columbus, were Jim's comments on Urban Meyer. Do you think he took maybe what they consider an unwarranted shot at Urban? Or was the reaction in some quarters just much ado about nothing? Well, I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that he said anything that was controversial by by any stretch. I mean, like like he he even pointed out, like it's nothing that nobody is has not already said or written or anything like that. Um, 
and that's fine. And, uh, you know, was it a hundred percent necessary? No, maybe it was kind of a slip of the tongue. Sure. I mean, that, that can also be uh, a symptom of a guy who, yeah, I'm, you know, we know how competitive Jim Harbaugh is. And the fact that urban Meyer now leaves Ohio state, um, and he has that kind of mark against him of being 0 and 4 and and never really never able never being able to get over the top against a guy that yeah uh it's not a hot take to say maybe didn't always do things the right way and I think that Jim Harbaugh takes pride in building his program the the right way and um yeah I think from a human standpoint yeah it, it's probably frustrating um and he he's a little bit salty about that I imagine um could mm-hmm. he have played politician a little bit more and maybe just kind of not said that I think probably I think he could have pulled that off as is the case with a few of the some of the other comments that were made uh last week during media days but I I don't most of this was being blown up south of the state line which is not even really that big a deal to me well Jim also gave his thoughts on the new or relatively new transfer rules and and that managed to uh, tick some people off I thought it was good he talked about it though he made some good points didn't he I think so Uh, I think whenever you're bringing up the the transfer stuff I mean for as attacked as he was on a few of those points last week we're not really seeing big-time college coaches advocate for Know, a one-time because because let's let's be honest here we're already in college free agency so mm-hmm, to speak mm-hmm. where guys can kind of just kind of get that that early playing time and whether right or not I mean it, it's unfortunate to me that that some of the con the comments were sort of I won't say misconstrued but um, the the conversation and the argument was kind of taken away by the fact that um, mental health stuff was brought into the conversation right um i think that both things can be true that we do have a mental health issue in our society but also that there are and this might be five percent ten percent of transfers like it's not i'd have to imagine it's not that many but there are guys that can kind of take advantage of that like that's the fact that like once where we're at right now uh with mental health is really an issue um, in college sports. Like if someone brings that up, that's not something that can really like, you you just can't question it once it's been brought up, whether it's completely warranted or not. Um, And that's, that's an issue for probably another debate or things like that. But um, you know, I, I do think that Jim Harbaugh is on the right track and yeah, maybe it was a little bit of a slip of the tongue uh, on his part. Again, um, I just it's a bummer to me that maybe a certain segment of his comments were sort of blown blown up into something more instead of talking about how do we change this how do we change this for the good of the athletes the good of the sport because uh, I, I really do think that that's the more important conversation to have. One of the other topics at Media Days was conference realignment or at least discussing that topic in the future. Do you think the East and West need to be tweaked a little bit? Yeah, I think that there's, I, I think there's uh, something they can do there to make this a little more um, competitive. Because in this current setup, like, yeah, there are always the possibility that, you know, we've seen like a Penn State and Michigan State win the win the East, and there's they will still compete for the East. But more often than not, it's going to kind of be. Michigan or Ohio State will come out of the East. I think more, it hasn't been Michigan yet, so, but so they are competing for that. 
And then the West has just kind of been a gauntlet of teams. I mean, when I look at the West this year, I think that it's probably going to be as as competitive as that division has ever been. I mean, I really do think every team except for maybe Illinois has a chance to win that division. So it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I'm just in general not a big fan of the whole division setup. I'm kind of of the belief that, hey, you take your two best teams in the conference at the end of the year when the dust settles, have them play for the conference title. Um, because then, you know, there's always a scenario where you might get, you know, the West division winner is, is five and three in conference or whatever it is. And, you know, it's just, it's not balanced. Um, you know, these conference title games, if they're going to keep them, it's got to put the two best teams in there because it's not, I mean, just from an entertainment standpoint, it's not fun to watch Ohio state play, you know, Northwestern and blow them out 55 to three or, or something like that. So, um, I do think when you look at where, where everyone's at and sort of how you could drop, if you're going to stick with divisions, I think you could do North South and it would be quite a bit more balanced. Um, you know, those are for those guys to figure out. And, and there is obviously new leadership coming into, uh, the big 10, uh, as Jim Delaney is kind of transitioning out of it. So I'm not sure what direction they're going to go with that, but, um, you know, as, as entertaining as the slugfest in the East can be with those top three or four teams, mm-hmm. um, there's not a whole lot of drama in the rest of the conference because you know whoever comes out of that is, is nine times out of ten is going to be the team that wins up winning the conference. So, um, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, from a, a pure football quality standpoint, I'd, I would certainly like to see them maybe change that up a bit. Let's take a few minutes, Anthony, to talk about some of uh, the Michigan roadblocks this season or what we think will be a roadblock. First and foremost, that Ohio State hump. Do you see any drop-off down in Columbus just because Urban is gone? I think there's there's a natural drop-off um, just because, I mean, controversy or not, uh, Jim's words, not mine, um, controversy or not, that is one of the – one of the best coaches in the history of college football that's leaving there. Um, and that's, that's hard to replace. Uh, now, is that to say that, I mean, who, that's not to say that Ryan day might not step in like Lincoln Riley is in Oklahoma and kind of, um, you know, kind of just keep, keep the train rolling and, and then some down there. Um, I don't know if I feel like he's that same caliber of coach. I, I think there will be a net. I mean, anytime you just look at this year, I mean, you've got a new, New coach, new quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're breaking in new defensive coordinators. Uh, they've lost, they lost a lot of talent on offense. Um, I think they still, uh, they're still going to be right there. And I, I do believe that the East is going to come down to that last game in November, uh, as as the football gods usually intend. Um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a struggle for them early on because um, even. You know, there's all this talk that, you know, we see it all the time on social media and, and sports radio fodder that Shea Patterson is overrated and why should we believe he's going to be a good quarterback and blah, 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 blah. We don't know what Justin Fields is yet either at Ohio State. I mean, he's even less proven coming into Ohio State uh, than Shea Patterson was coming into Michigan last year. So I think he's a good player. I think from a skill set standpoint, um, he could 
potentially end up being more talented than Dwayne Haskins was, but we don't know that. Nobody knows any of that. So if you're just kind of objectively looking at the Ohio State program right now, mm-hmm. this might be as interesting as, as they've ever been in terms of what comes next. So um, I, I'm really interested in seeing how this all starts up for them. Well, our buddy over in East Lansing, uh, Coach D'Antonio, seemed unusually confident, I thought, when talking about his team last week at Media Days. And let's face it, with that defense, he should be confident. Do you see the Spartans, though, as a viable contender in the Big Ten East, Anthony? You know, the thing with them is that defense is, as I kind of sat down and look at everything, I really do think that defense has a chance to be his best defense at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. So from a confidence standpoint, I, I totally understand. Like, yeah, you should be fired up about that. And they're going to be a problem. The problem with them is offensively, I just, you know, I really just don't see it. I don't think they did it. I mean, a healthy Brian Lewerke um, would be huge for them because I think at times, regardless of some of their limitations offensively from a a schematic point of view, you know, they like to do things pretty old school there. Uh, We've seen in the past them be elevated by, um, by an NFL caliber quarterback, uh, like a Connor Cook, like, you know, take your pick, all the, all the guys that they've turned out the last 10, 15 years or so. Um, if Brian Lewerke is healthy and plays well, that's that could be a game changer for them. But I just don't know. I mean, the offensive line is still kind of a work in progress. Um, you know, I'm not – I think they have some decent playmakers, but, you know, when you look at how bad that offense was last year – right that offensive staff needed to be cleaned out and all they really did. And this is the, the, the term I keep using um, when I talk to people about it is all they really did was rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. They just kind of shifted everyone around. You know, Mark D'Antonio is a loyal guy. And I think a lot of times that's to a fault and he's, he's choosing to go down with the ship here. So um, I think if their offense can just be like even just slightly below average instead of, horrible and one of the worst in the power five that's going to be a really good football team i just don't know um we've seen them kind of pull rabbits out of their hat before but um the last few seasons i just haven't really seen it with them well james franklin as we know has recruited at a very high level the last three years top 10 recruiting classes are close uh, but a lot of the experts don't see penn state as a contender in the east they're inexperienced, yes, but that is unquestionably a team that is loaded with talent, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and they've done a really nice job recruiting, and this is a big season for him. Um, you know, a lot of people, are, you're, you're starting to hear the whispers that, okay, well, maybe James Franklin just kind of lucked into a few generational talents in, um, from a Penn State point of view in Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley. Um I don't know what like they were able to still do pretty well with McSorley or with just McSorley last year, but you lose a guy like that, and then you lose the guy who was supposed to be kind of next in line with Tommy Stevens deciding to transfer. And you know, I just there's a lot of unproven talent there, but there is no doubt a lot of talent. So um, I'm interested in seeing how you know is this is there still juice left in the tank there mm-hmm. or has some of that success there sort of been a bit of a fluke? Because I think there are some people, maybe even in Penn State's own fan base, that believe this might be trending towards, you know, Brady Hoke levels of, you know, start hot early, then just kind of fall off. But he's he's 
done a lot more, uh, obviously, but um, yeah, I know it's going to be really interesting to see where this Penn State State team goes in terms of competing for the West, or I'm sorry, the East. Um, I think I would kind of put them, kind of maybe competing for that third or fourth spot with Michigan State. I just think Michigan and Ohio State are just, just like that much better than everyone else this year. Well, earlier we talked about realignment in the Big Ten, uh, but a lot of people, including me and I think you too, think the West is going to be much better this year. And starting with Nebraska, a lot of people are jumping on the uh, Scott Frost train. Do you think they're going to be that much better this year, Anthony? You know, I look at that program, and, and I, I, I think that, that they are rapidly on the rise. I think that Scott Frost is a guy who showed that he's, he's able to turn things around quickly uh, at his last stop. Um, from a from a competing for a division and competing for a Big Ten title standpoint, I think they're still a year away. Like I, I won't be shocked at all to see him, you know, rip off seven, eight, nine wins this year. But um, I know a lot of people are kind of picking them to win the West, and that's they lost a lot of close games last year. Mm-hmm. And if if you can even just flip the script on a few of those, um, you know, you're you're already at bowl eligibility. I think they're gonna be good. They're gonna be exciting. Um, but I think when you look at what else is in that division, I really do think that they're they're still a year away. Um, and the fascinating thing about that division is that, you know, you could make a case for, you know, teams one through five, maybe even one through six in that division, that if things break the right way, as, as the, is the case, it can be a little bit chaotic in the West. Um, I really do think any of those those teams could – could maybe come out and win it, um, except I, I'm not a big fan of Illinois, but I do think that they – I think that Brandon Peters at now going there and playing quarterback, I think that they might have that position stabilized. I just don't know if there's a lot around him either. So um, I, I think top to bottom, that, that division is, is really, really, really interesting to me. What about Wisconsin? Do you see any drop-off in Madison this year? Um, well, I think the drop-off, the big drop-off came last year. Uh the thing with me is that I don't know if how much higher they can go with that. I mean, they really, um, not really outside of Jonathan Taylor uh, and they they lost some stuff defensively. Uh, A lot of people are hyping them too. And and I guess, you know, Wisconsin's always going to kind of be there and be a factor because they, they develop offensive linemen and, and they always have the great running game and they will play good defense, but um, from a talent, you know, standpoint, I, I, that's another team where I'm like, if they're going to compete for it, I think it might be next year. Cause I think a few of those, uh, the couple of those teams in the West, I think are just better than them right now. So, um, hard to, hard for me to put my finger on them. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is arguably the best running back in college football could easily compete for a Heisman trophy, but I, I don't know how much help he has right now. Well, Kirk Ferentz has done an incredible job, as we all know, over the years in Iowa City. A lot of people who know a lot more than I do about football think Iowa is a contender. We're hearing a lot about them. What's your take on them, Anthony? Yeah, I think Iowa right now might be my pick to win the West, uh, just because I think they have the most experienced quarterback. And, and it's weird to me that you know I've been reading a lot of these preseason magazines and also um, just kind of doing all the, the mm-hmm. preseason work that, that you do. Um, people seem to think that their offense is going to be a lot better even after, you know, you lose both TJ Hawkinson and um, Noah Fant, you know, at tight end, both first-round picks. But they expect Iowa to be better offensively this year, which 
um, is kind of interesting to me. So I, I mean, again, we don't know. The thing about college is, you know, it's different from the the NFL. You can kind of get an idea of what teams will look like uh, year to year. But um, with so many talent turning over and churning through, um, you'd never quite know until the game starts. So um, the hype is there in Iowa. Um, you know, I'm I tend to think that it it could be them that wins the West. Uh, I think they probably have the most there. But we're going to have to wait and see. Again, that's wait and see for just about all of this. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I really do think it's wide open. You know, another program, though, that gets very little respect in the Big Ten is Northwestern. That's nationally and here in Big Ten country. A lot of the preseason magazines have them near the bottom of the West. Uh, but Pat Fitzgerald is a great coach, does a great job of developing very good student athletes. Do you see them being in the thick of the race or a factor this year, Anthony? I absolutely do. And I think for as good as Clayton Thorson was at times at quarterback, there really is the potential that they have, you know, a potential star quarterback now and a transfer in, in Hunter Johnson who comes over from um, Clemson, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where I just think, I, I think we're used to seeing Northwestern go from, Ten and two to six and six to nine and three to seven and five. Like they've been a little bit inconsistent, but it kind of feels like after you know for as long as Pat Fitzgerald has been there, which I think it's like thirteen years now. I can't believe it's been that long for him. But um, we've kind of seen them go up and down. But when you, I think I was on their campus. What I was passing through Evanston last summer, and I got to look at um, their new facility. Like they have the facilities. I mean, their facilities are gorgeous now. The the new football um, complex is, like, right on Lake Michigan. It's really cool. Um, I kind of feel like they are close to having – like, they have – I think they have staying power now. Um, And they'll always kind of be slept on um, in that area. Everyone's a Notre Dame fan. There's not a lot of, like, huge Northwestern fans, even in their own area, which is really odd to me, too. Yeah. But I really, I really do think that, that that's a good football team. And, yeah, they're absolutely going to be in the mix. And what about Purdue and Minnesota? They uh, both have young coaches that uh, get a lot of pub around the country. Do you see them making a little more noise in the West this year? Yeah, I think of the two, I think Minnesota is kind of my dark horse in all this. Cause I think we're in year three of the P.J. Fleck era now, and they really were playing some good football at the end of last year. Um, even, you know, beat Wisconsin um, for what seems like the first time in a while. Um I think that this they could be really exciting this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win the West. I think have how I have things slotted out. I, I think they might be. Uh, I think I have them finishing second. Um, I'm. I think I'm higher on them than most people are, but I really do think you know the flip is about to be switched there. I know a lot of people have kind of cooled down on PJ Fleck, but that guy that guy just knows how to coach mm-hmm. and. and Purdue, they're going to be a factor, too. You've got maybe the best offensive playmaker in the country in, in Rondell Moore. Um, they're going to use him. He, he might play 100 snaps a game. They're, they're going to use him everywhere. Um, so I'm excited to see that as well. I know they, uh, um, at quarterback, he's got to stay healthy. If, if he doesn't stay healthy, things could get a bit dicey for them. Um, I still kind of think Purdue might be a year away. Uh, they're doing. He's doing great things there too. So it's not just. I think that the thing about the West in general is that it's not just that the teams this year are good. It's that a lot of them are coached by younger coaches who I think are on the rise and have their programs on the rise. So 
Um, right now, I mean, if you're a fan of a team in the West, like, yeah, you might not be going to the college football playoff, but your team is in it, which I think for any of those schools, all you can really ask for is that they're in it. No, I agree. Uh, and, you know, I've been around a long time. Uh, most of my youth in 20s and 30s, it was the big two and the little eight. Things have really changed uh, in the conference now. And, you know, on paper, people still talk about the West maybe not being as good and the imbalance there as we've been talking about. We're going to hear that realignment uh, chatter uh, moving forward in the future. But, you know, overall, I think the Big Ten Conference is as good as it's been in a long, maybe ever. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, right, I mean, right off the top, you got four teams in the East, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, who are, you know, we'll just call them nationally relevant and competitive. Uh, from there, Maryland at times has been good. Indiana is competitive. Um, we don't talk about Rutgers because they basically don't exist. Um, <laughs> but ev- like I said, pretty much everyone in the West outside of Illinois has a chance to win that division. And, you know, people say, well, are you going to go to the college football playoffs? Um, I mean, that will all be sorted out. Depends on, I really, I mean, that's going to depend on what those, those big two, regardless, do or if someone else comes out of the woodwork and, and kind of runs the table or only loses one game in the Big Ten. It's going to depend on things like that. But um, this is a time right now, it's kind of a fascinating time to be a college football fan. Really, it's kind of Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, more so Alabama, Clemson, that, I mean, they're just head and shoulders above everyone else. So, like, you can get to the college football playoff and – that's fine. That that's a great year. Like you get there, it means you you won your conference and all that. But um, I don't think teams outside of those three fan bases are really compete or are really expecting to like compete and win a national title. So um, no, it, it, you got to take care of business at home first, and it is getting increasingly difficult to kind of separate from these teams behind you know um, the the Ohio States, the Michigans, things like that in the Big Ten. So. Um, I think it does, instead instead of looking ahead to, okay, what do we have to do to get to the college football playoff and things like that, a lot of people are going, like, week to week, oh, this this team might be a problem. Um, there aren't really, I mean, it doesn't seem to me that this year there are going to be a lot of, like, throwaway games in the Big Ten. Um, of course, there, there's always going to be a few, but I think the competition level uh, across the board uh, – we, you've got a couple teams that I think will will compete for the playoff near the top, but you know from there all the way to the bottom of the conference, I think that anyone could really beat anyone on, on a given day. Which we always love. We love our parity in sports, and I think that there could be a big a bit of chaos uh, this season in the Big Ten. Well, circling back to Michigan for the last couple of questions, then Anthony uh, at Big Ten Media Days last week. Jim Harbaugh seemed, to me anyway, unusually positive about his team. I mean, he's always pretty darn positive at you know, media days and prior to the season. He just seemed a lot more confident this year, didn't he? Yeah, I was getting that vibe from him, too. Uh, something I've kind of noticed is that, you know, in throughout that and leading up to that 20, uh, the 2017 year where, um, you know, they went 8-5, and five, they had this stuff go on at quarterback, um, I always noticed that, it, not that Jim Harbaugh was like babying his team, but it always just seemed like he was reserved in his answers, like almost like he knew that that wasn't the group, um, that it was going to take some time with them. 
Um, and I think that what I what we've seen with him is that usually the talk gets a little I won't say louder, but um, a little more out there mm-hmm. when he knows that he has a good football team. Um, and, and I think that when you go off some of the comments he's had not just at media days. I mean, even during spring football, like at one point, I believe he said, this is the furthest along. I feel like we've ever been like at this time of the year. So I think he really is excited about this group. And I think that not just that, um, you know, there's been a lot of change with Michigan football in terms of, you know, handing over the reins to, of the offense to Josh Gaddis, all the guys that they've lost, you know, some of the different things that they've been doing. Um, I think that change has him excited too. And I, I really do think for as many people that said, you know, you know, he's too stubborn. He's never going to give up control of the offense. You know, I still don't believe that uh, it's not his offense. Like I genuinely believe that he's excited to see what someone else does with that offense. And he's, I think that he's ready to step into that more of a CEO and, and manager and head coach type of role, as opposed to having your fingerprints maybe all over, on the offense and they still will be like, there are certain things they'll do where you're like, okay, that's a Jim Harbaugh thing. Um, but I think the pro, I mean, he's a through and through, he is a football coach and he's someone who always likes to learn. So I think that he has been learning a lot. And I think that, uh, I think that he's excited to put that into action. And, and I think that his team is excited to do that. And I think there's really just, an, you know, for as deflating as the last two games of last year were, it really does feel like they've turned the page from that and that they are ready. You no, know, no one's going to be sulking about that. Enough has changed this off season. Um, and enough of a fire has sort of been lit under them with the coaching changes. And then you had a couple coaches from your staff go, um, you know, down to Ohio state. I really just, it feels like there's a fire there, not just with him, but with the group in general. And, you know, will that translate to wins? Will that translate to, you know, beating Ohio state? I don't know. I, no one knows that now, but I think everything that they've done this off season has been, um, they, they've done about as well as I think they could have done. Well, practice starts next week, believe it or not. And uh, we enter into a month, uh, almost a month of speculation uh, until we tee it up on Labor Day weekend against Middle Tennessee State. So then we'll start getting some answers uh, to questions as happens every year. Uh, this is a long month of speculation, though, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be brutal. Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, you expect them, they're going to put like that, that opening game will be a night game. So even that opening week, it's going to be a little bit longer of a day. You're not going to get your, your 12 o'clock start. Um, and even to a certain extent, like, um, you know, they, they should handle that team pretty well. So really, it's more than next week where you're going to find out what type of team they have because you'll have Army uh, coming to town and that that was 11 an 11 win team last year so and a lot of people are nationally are like no we think Michigan's gonna be good but we're kind of putting them on upset alert here so um yeah it's it's gonna it is brutal especially you know there are certain seasons that we've kind of dreaded coming um you know maybe not necessarily under Harbaugh but um in years prior to this I think that this might be with all that we know is coming to the offense and, and we know the talent that they have on that side of the football. And, um, you know, you want to see how, how that defense responds to losing, you know, a couple first round picks and, you know, other guys along that, you know, in that defense as well. You want to see how those guys play, especially coming off of, you know, an end of the year that was bad. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So there, there are just so many 
interesting storylines with this group. Um, I would even call them concerns to, at this point. It's more of like unproven things you want to see. Um, and I'm just ready to see them. Like, I, I know we're going to have another month leading up to it, but um, I'm kind of, at least from my point of view, I'm tired of the talk. I'm tired of the hype. I'm tired of the watch list. I'm tired of the, you know, let's just play the games uh, because I really do think this has a chance to be an exciting group. Um, you know, and it's not just for the first time in a while, they're kind of unanimous, unanimously being picked to mostly unanimous, you know, unanimously uh, to win the big 10, which, you know, we've always had expectations, but nationally they haven't, um, you know, as long as urban Meyer has been there, but, uh, people seem to think with that hurdle out of the way, that's going to be what it takes. I'll, I'm kind of in, I'll believe it when I see it mode, but the expectations there don't change at all. Like this, this is a team that should, that, that on paper is the best in the Big Ten, that has the least amount of questions, and that if things break the right way, could compete for a college football playoff. But um, So that's sort of how I feel about them, you know, a month or so out from from really the things mattering. Well, here with us on our game day segment has been uh, Anthony Broom, who's managing editor here at Maze and Brew, and also covers uh, the Minnesota Vikings for 24-7 Sports. Anthony, been a pleasure having you on the show, and we look forward to getting you back once the season gets underway. Of course, anytime. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today. I think Anthony and I covered a lot of ground during the interview, so we'll keep this short to close the show. In two weeks, we will be back on our weekly pod schedule as we begin previewing the upcoming season. So enjoy what very little is left of summer and be back to join us on August 7th as we get started on previewing the fast approaching season. Remember, our free show apps are available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and Radio.com. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until we meet again in two weeks on August 7th, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!